Hello, this is Kenya, and welcome to my Magical Cottage Core Life. Today, I'm catching up with you after a very long week. The bass fishing festival happened. Several farmers markets were going on during the week. And all manner of things are popping off here in the garden. But in between the things that are planted, there are always plants that volunteer to be in your gardens. One of those things that tends to pop up here, especially in Southeast Michigan, is a very interesting little plant that most people just call a weed because usually people call plants that are unexpected weeds. It kind of hitchhiked its way into my garden on the wind and as path leads the path and way leads the way. So I'm going to take some time to talk about this little garden hitchhiker, especially since it's so sweet when it sticks out its thumb. Now, some of you have already figured out what this plant is, but for others, I'm not gonna keep you in suspense. Open up your big book of stuff and turn to the section on garden plants in the wild named after people. Because today, we're gonna to talk about ladies' thumb. You heard me, not ladies' fingers, ladies' thumb. And you've probably got it in your garden right now, if you're here in Southeast Michigan. Let's get started. We've talked about the fact before that people call plants they didn't expect or can't name or sometimes both weeds. It's a generalized term. It doesn't mean that they're unwanted all the time, but they're usually not planted on purpose by us. Well, in this particular case, Lady's Thumb plants herself wherever she might please. However, there are times when she can go by other names. Some people have a tendency to call her Smartweed, and you need to be careful because there are other plants that are known as smartweed, colloquially or commonly. That doesn't mean that the person who's saying it is wrong, per se. It means they're using one of the plant's nicknames. There are many plants that have various nicknames. However, one of the ways that we can remember what plant we're dealing with at that time is to know the Latin name. We've talked about that. All of my friends know that. So what is the Latin name of this particular plant? Well, it's Polygonum persicaria. Now, if you've looked at the title of the episode, you know one of its other nicknames, Saucy Alice, also known as Lover's Pride or Blood Spot, Devil's Pinch, 
There's so many nicknames, but knowing the Latin name will make sure you have the right plant. You can look for it. It'll have a little spot in the leaf and it'll have a seed head. And that seed head may make you think of a grain. And you would be right because it's associated. It's, you know, in the family, but not in the family way. That's a different kind of saucy Alice. But it's in the family with buckwheat. Now, I want to let you know that just because it's got a red stem or has red in it, all plants that have red in them are not necessarily poisonous. However, because so many are, and when they are, they are so dangerous, as always, I'm going to caution you to please take someone who is an herbalist that can properly identify this with you the first time you go foraging for it or to identify it. And if possible, take a field guide. Take a field guide with color pictures. That's a good rule of thumb for every plant. But this is probably one of the first plants you'll learn when it comes to foraging. This and lamb's quarter are pretty easy to spot. And in Michigan, they're almost everywhere. Originally, this plant was from Eurasia. So it's basically hitchhiked a, a very long way to come here. I cannot tell you the exact time that Lady's Thumb popped up here, but it's been popping up a lot in my garden ever since I've been here. Almost as much, but not quite, as the Japanese knotweed that seems to have invaded this entire area for this square mile that I live in. And Japanese knotweed is quite per se pervasive. So, again, sometimes we like weeds, sometimes we don't. But when it comes to ladies' dumb thumb, we do. Now, I mentioned foraging when I referred to this plant. And there's a reason. You can eat it. But remember, we don't just put things in our mouths without identifying them. But you can definitely eat it. Eat it. And there's a difference between the taste of when it's a young plant and when it's an older plant. It gets a little bit more peppery once it's older. I, I guess it's kind of like me. I was a lot sweeter when I was younger, and now that I've gotten older, I'm a little bit more peppery. See how that works? You should be able to gather a little bit, because if you have it in your area, you have a lot of it, more than likely. And save it to see if you would like to use it as a seasoning. Personally, I find making my own seasoning not only rewarding, but it gives me an edge when it's recipe competition time at the local potluck because they can't identify the, that taste. 
and sometimes I have to admit, as part of my older lady peppery nature, I enjoy stumping the local gourmands who try to identify everything in your food. It's a little thing, but isn't life made up of little pleasures? Now, I did find a recipe I haven't tried before, and it's from the local column and website, Song of the Woods. And that is to mix lady's thumb with lamb's quarter, and you can make something of like a buckwheat pancake kind of blend and recipe, because you can actually dry them and make them into a sort of flour. I have made lamb's quarter flour before. It wasn't only lamb's quarter. I'm not going to lie to you and tell you that I would, you know, make it just out of that. I don't quite have enough access to a safe supply of that. I eat it too much. I eat it too quickly. So I can't save up enough of the leaves to make a strictly lamb's quarter flour. But what I have done is dried a good amount and mixed it with a regular all-purpose wheat-based flour. You could also do it with a spelt flour, and that way you'll have your own, uh, I want to say mostly lamb's quarter flour. That white flour or wheat flour will fill out the rest, but you'll still get the nutrient content that you want, and that's really important. You can also make something called zucchini flour, but that's another episode. Something else I have found is that I like to mix certain flowers that I'm making with the dried spices from my garden. That way when I'm cooking something like beef stew and I'm coating the meat with the flour, it already has a little bit of a flavor to it in addition to the flour having that green taste. Now, some of you have this blood thing going where the, you know, the insects like to bite you because, and we talked about how if you eat the tops of it, the one that has the spire, it helps with the bugs to keep them away from you. You could mix this in nibbling while you're foraging to also help in that. But it's a little bit easier if you kind of smash it all together and make a salve and use it as an insect repellent. In fact, that's one of the traditional uses, is as an insect repellent uh, placed on a person or a horse. Also, in addition to this, you can eat the leaves. You can eat it, other than just the seed head. And what you would do is you would cook it like spinach or any other pot herb. So again, you can put it together with lamb's quarter because what? Lamb's quarter is really good cooked. It's good sauteed, it's good pan fried. They just seem to go together really well. And if I look at my garden bed, I'm looking at leeks, winter savory, and horsetail, lamb's quarter, and lady's thumb, and an eggplant. And you're probably saying to yourself, why am I allowing all of this to interfere in the plants that I place there? Well, that's because I intend to eat them. You know, I love sharing ways to 
enjoy nature with my friends and we're friends, right? And something else I intend on using that's also in that garden bed that I'm looking at right now, in fact, is I'm also going to use those sweet potato leaves because you can put them all together and eat them all. Oh, I have such a wonderful week coming up ahead because I will be harvesting quite a bit of my garden bed this week. And I hope you have a chance to harvest yours as well, especially if you get a chance to forge something new like ladies though. Just make sure you know what it is. Before I let the episode end, I also wanted to let you know one more thing. Ladies Thumb is also used for poison ivy. So look that up. I'm not going to tell you how to make it for yourself, the remedy, because I don't want to stray into the section of someone thinking that I'm a certified naturopath or a certified herbalist or an allopathic medical doctor. I'm none of those. I'm simply someone who knows how to use and make remedies. But I always try to let you know who I am and what education I have so that you know how important it is to ask those questions. My friends are smart. I know you are. And I just want to make sure that we never get used to listening to anyone whether online, on the radio, or even in pleasant company, and forget to ask those important questions before we put anything in our bodies or on our bodies. Because after all, our skin is an organ. It's a giant organ. And we have to treat it the same way as if we were putting something in our stomachs, right? So always, always make sure before you use anything that it is safe for you and that you know what it is. And I know one other thing. I know I can't wait to see you next time here on my magical cottage for life. No mom jokes this episode. You made it through without a single one. That means I have to give you double next time. See you then.